Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. Uh, this is episode one of the pod. We've done recordings in the past, but this is the official Night Report podcast. I'm Michael Broadbent. I will be your co-host. Uh, joining with me, we have the publisher of the Night Report uh, on Rivals.com, Richie Schneiderite, and beat reporter Chris Nowalski of the Night Report on Rivals.com. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's going on, Mike? Uh, interesting week coming up here with Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, it's, it should be fun. Yeah, big time game. Uh, unfortunately, we've had some uh, bad news that kind of came out of left field this week. Uh, arguably the best player on defense, Max Melton, got caught up in a paint gun uh, police uh, arrest. Guys, this obviously has a huge effect on our defense. Tell us a little bit more about this incident and how you think it's going to affect the team going into Michigan. Um, I guess I'll just take it away from there. Uh Obviously, it was some kind of paintball incident where they hit a couple students or people in general um, on Livingston campus. Uh, I'm assuming we don't know have the full police report yet, so we don't really know 100% details. But going based off what we know, uh, I'm assuming it was just random out of nowhere. Um, I'm assuming the people or the victims at this point reported it to police and uh, went back, obviously went back to Shiano at some point. And then uh, Shiano had no other option. I think you had to suspend the guys immediately. You can't be driving around on campus, just shooting people with paintballs. It's yeah. uh, crazy to say, but yeah, losing Max Melton hurts a ton. Chris Long, not as much just because he's not a contributor, really. He's still a freshman technically because last season mm. didn't count and all that nonsense, but different story. Um, but uh, Max Melton's got two interceptions, leading team with that, leading team in pass deflection so far. So it definitely takes a – this defense takes a pretty big hit here. Yeah, for sure. It was uh, like you alluded to, it was a little bit of a shock – um, Max Mellon, you know, come from a good family. Um, I'm not sure exactly what happened um, until, you know, the full details come out. But um, it's a big loss for Rutgers, especially with Big Ten play coming up. Um, I know Michigan, you know, kind of likes to run the ball a lot, but obviously having a good secondary is always useful. And, uh, yeah, it, it just wasn't smart. Um, that's, that's the only thing you could, you could really say about it. It wasn't, wasn't smart. It wasn't ideal. Um, it just, uh, it's just, it's just, I, I guess it's a bad look, I guess, overall. It was stupid. Just say it. Yeah. It was stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's ironic because I wasn't on the boards that day, but I, I went to ESPN.com and I saw it as a headline and I was like, oh my God. Like, I think the biggest impact could possibly be the distraction that it causes, that it's going to be sure. something they all have to answer questions about. Chiano kind of had to deal with it during game prep this week, like going down and getting information, his staff getting information on it. Just not a good look going into a big game with all the momentum we have positively going towards the season. Yeah. Just a shame. That, that's, yeah, that's a good. That's, that's a good point because you know Rutgers is three and zero. They were rolling, and um, you know Rutgers is playing Michigan. You know, in a big game. You know, again, that matters for the first time in a long time. And um, you know, like I said, just a distraction. Um, I think I think everyone's kind of kind of moved past it, and you know, people are going to step up and whatnot, but. It's just something that the program really didn't need when everything was on the upswing uh, so far this year. 
that's the crazy thing. I can almost bet on this. That first question, no matter what the end game or ending score is of Michigan Rutgers, is going to be about Max Melton and Chris Long. It doesn't even matter what the score is. Yep. And that's that's Absolutely. the distraction right there that you were talking about. It hurts a lot. And and you're losing, like like I said before, you're losing your top corner, arguably. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and how do you replace that? That's that's a big question mark. I mean, Kassan Abrams stepped up a little bit, but he's mostly a slot corner. He's kind of shorter. I think he's 5'8", five, 5'9", five, around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the prototypical cornerback that Shiano and Fran Brown like, but I, I don't know what you do. You just kind of, I guess, pray at this point that Patrice Renee can be healthy for this game. Yeah. It's, it's definitely interesting. Um, I know, I know you talked to Max. I think that was last week. Um, I, I know. People well, I asked you, I'm a I know about, I, yeah. Yeah. I asked you, I know about Max also. Um, so, somebody else asked about Max literally that same day earlier, I, I, I guess it was Monday. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just a shame, honestly. And Chris Long, um, you know, he's only played really special teams so far this year, but um, he was a good player in high school. So I'm in high school. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I doubt I doubt they would play this week, but you know, going forward, um, it, it's all it's all up in the air. Yeah, and the biggest shame of it, and this will kind of roll into our recap of Delaware, is we probably played our most complete game of the year against Delaware. And I kind of look at it like the NFL has preseason games. College, you try and pad your early schedule with some games to kind of get you acclimated for conference play. And so I felt like we were really kind of gelling together as a team, getting things moving in the right direction, especially on offense. Guys, let's talk a little bit about your recap of Delaware, what you thought we did good, what you thought we did bad, uh, and how that affects things moving into the Michigan game. It's all you to start, Chris. Um, so, yeah, obviously the offense kind of kind of broke out a little bit. They started doing more, you know, long throws, and, and they connected on them. Uh, you know, Vedral threw for, you know, 323 yards. He had two touchdowns. Um, he had a long one to Bill Melton. And um, the other one was to uh, Brandon Sanders. It was a long, long throw, wide open over the middle of the field. Um, he, I like, I like Brandon Sanders. I was high on him coming, uh, you know, so, you know, from seeing him in training camp. So that was, that was really good to see. They have a lot of good depth at receiver this year. Um, but yeah, the offense kind of broke out. The defense, uh, the run defense wasn't the greatest, um, which is kind of, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on again later when it comes to Michigan talk. Uh, but you know the defense overall played well. Held a, held a pretty good Delaware team to 13 points. Um, yeah, the offense just played well. It was like 35, 10 or so at halftime. Um, it kind of eased from there. So uh, yeah, you know Noah looked good. Um, he still hasn't thrown a pick. You know, I guess not going to work for him in the program. Um, they have you know Rutgers doesn't have a turnover in, in general, which is you know they're they actually lead lead the country in the turnover margin. Uh, so that's huge. Um, you know. They always stress balls the program, and you know they really took that to heart. So, yeah, I mean Brandon Sanders was the big surprise, I guess, of the group. Um, but it, I mean, it shouldn't really come as a surprise. The guy like killed it at Bucknell. I know it's mm-hmm. Patriot League, but still, like to be a receiver and put up what six hundred yards as a junior or sophomore at Bucknell, mm-hmm. and then last year I think they played four to five games during the COVID season, and he still put up I think three hundred yards and three touchdowns, two touchdowns, whatever it was. But other than that, I mean Noah Vedra looked very good, looked very accurate. I want to give a shout out to my man, Johnny Langan, AKA Taysom Hill. This man does everything. Plays tight end, plays receiver, plays tailback, H back, whatever you want to call it, plays quarterback. What was it? Three. I'm looking right now. Three catches for 42 yards. This, this man's nuts. Like he could do it all. Yeah. He's catching balls over the middle. He's, he's making some really difficult catches against linebackers that uh, you wouldn't expect from, from a quarterback. That it's insane. And it goes back to Sean Gleason's offense at the Princeton, uh, Princeton days. I think uh, I forget what his first name was, but I think his last name was Lovett. 
ended up uh, he played quarterback for them, played like a little mm-hmm. H back like Johnny Langan's doing, and actually made a career out of it and played for the Vikings for a couple years too. So yeah, I think he transitioned to an H. Yeah, like you said, yeah. an H back. Langan Langan might have a future in this new NFL. Hey, Taysom mm-hmm. Hill did it, so I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Is, That's is, probably what is, Gleason sold him on was hey. Yeah. I've done this before. I got guys in the NFL, like even just three years in the NFL could set you up pretty nicely oh, for yeah. moving Easily. forward. Even the practice squad pays pretty well. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's I think crazy. The practice squads like a hundred K a year just that, to get beat up on. Uh, hey, I'll do it. <laughs> Sign me up. Right now. Yep. <laughs> oh, but yeah, um, no, hell of a game. Offense looked great. Defense looked solid. Um, there's, no, there's nothing really else to say there. Yeah. And they, and they did what they needed to do. You know, obviously, the whole talk was about FCS teams, uh, eight eight FCS teams beat FBS teams the first couple of weeks. Um, you know, Rutgers didn't take Delaware lightly, and um, you know, and the message got through from the coaches. You know, nobody took took them lightly, and uh, you know, Rutgers three zero for the first time since twenty twelve, which is which is huge. You know, half halfway to a to a bowl game uh, with a Big Ten schedule coming yeah. up. Yeah, I think the thing that impressed me most is that sometimes we go into these games and kind of play down to our opponents. But from the jump, we looked prepared. We looked like we weren't going to take our foot off their throat. We just dominated them through the entire game. We dominated them on the trenches, which you don't really see from Rutgers teams in the recent in recent memory. Uh, so it was just a game that was never in doubt. We dominated throughout and we got some guys in for uh, cleanup time at the end, which I think we're all hoping to see the back quarterback situation play out. Uh, so it was nice for the boards to kind of like finally know that it's going to be Cole Snyder probably coming in as the second quarterback. No comment. Um, <laughs> no comment. Yeah. I know you guys can't talk about it, but based on the film, that might be the way things go. Uh, so hey, we had put, a bunch of. Put, put ahead, it like sorry. this real quick. Cole Snyder is five of five in his career. The man might be the best quarterback on the roster. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not starting that. But hey, two of two yeah, for Penn State, three of three Delaware yeah. or two of two Delaware, whatever it was. Continue. Yeah, the conversation. Yep. The conversation. So I know we had like a tentative list of uh, recruits that were supposed to be at that game. It seems like a few of the big names didn't end up making it. Uh, <clears throat> Richie, you want to give us a little quick recruiting update about what's going on with the program? Um, yeah, let me pull up the list real quick. I had it a second ago. Um, all the top, I, I guess, you shouldn't say the top names, but like names like the most notable one was probably Thomas Amanqua, who ended up getting an offer before the game and ended up committing after the game. So it was kind of interesting to see. But he he's a pretty nice, lengthy cornerback. Like I said before, Shiano and Fran Brown love those lengthy, tall, lengthy cornerbacks. They like the guys that are six foot tall or, or taller. Um, but he's a really good player. He plays at Hillsborough. He's actually dominating this season. He's putting up crazy numbers between playing receiver, running back, uh, and even on defense, he's been looking pretty good. I actually saw him at a camp back in, I want to say March or April, and it was um, zone six camp, I believe it was. And he looked really good. He actually caught my eye. I put him in one of our notebooks that we post after every camp. And um, I, I wasn't 100% sold if he was a power five guy or not, but after watching him uh, uh, tape, I guess, for the first couple of games of the season, he's 100% that guy. And I think that's the biggest reason why Rutgers saw and Rutgers offered him. But other than him, um, it's basically all the same names that usually show up. Taj White's basically the ringleader of this class. He's, um, I know most people I've talked to have said he has a huge, huge following among the uh, Chop 22 class. He more than likely is uh, probably a, three-year starter maybe maybe four and yeah, probably I'll go with three-year starter down the line he's got to develop a little more but he's a good player other than that there's the class is going to be small I think there's what 15 16 kids in it currently um it's going to be small regardless um looking now 15 kids uh technically 16 if you count Wimsett who came in already uh 
but they probably might add one to two more kids. Amari Evans is probably the top target at the moment. He, uh, wide receiver out of Texas, speedster. I think he runs a 4-3 laser, which is insane to say, but he was at Penn State this weekend, so it's a battle again between that Rutgers-Penn State thing, which is nice to see for a change instead of the Ash days where you're competing against the Temples and Delawares of the world. <laughs> Other than that, there's not, there's not a whole lot going on. It's real quiet during the season. They kind of focus on the team and stuff. No, not as much like in terms of offers and all that other nonsense, I guess that comes with recruiting. <laughs> yeah. It seems like there's a big uh, recruiting weekend coming up for the other sports on October 2nd. Yeah. I don't know if there's any updates about like a basketball visitor list coming for October 2nd or other um, than the names I think that I ended reported. Up, yeah. I think I ended up posting it yesterday. Uh, I had a whole notebook between who's visiting and who's, uh, who's already visited. They're targeting actually a football recruit that uh, out of, Ohio, I believe it is Antoine Wolfolk. He has a power five offer in Boston college for football. Then oh, he's, he's got, the dual sport kid. Yeah. Yep. And it, the guys, I, I'm intrigued because they offered him after a peach jam event this summer. And he looks like based on film, he looks like just a big body down low. Who's not afraid to bang with the big man. He's a little smaller at six, eight, six, seven, maybe, but he's a solid like 240, 250 around there. And he, he's not afraid to push people around. And people have to get over the seven foot thing. It's never, it's not like a thing anymore in terms of hoops. So putting a six foot eight guy down there is going to work perfectly fine. In my opinion, look at EJ Odell at Ohio state. And that's, I think that's the perfect example here. But uh, other than that, there, there's got a couple guys I'm looking at uh, Braden Moore, who's committed is going to visit in a couple weeks. Uh, Gus Yaldin, who um, I think we reported is going to take an official visit on October 1st number 73 in the class of 2023 aka baby jokic as people call him yeah you ever seen nikola jokic play he's the same exact player and it's it's insane to watch he's got handles for a six foot nine big man um other than that it's it's been pretty quiet other they got uh derek simpson committed who i don't know if you guys saw the highlight on twitter the dunk right throwing down crazy dunks and these little open runs and stuff it's uh it's crazy this as much as this class people like to say it's underrated it's it's really underrated. I feel like, I feel like these guys could actually could, could play in the big 10 almost on day one. Yeah. Plus, I mean, Pike's recruits typically don't have the the same recruiting rankings, but he always seems to develop these guys nicely. And I, I think people always forget that. And I think they were criticizing his, his class last year a little too harshly too early because we needed some early contributions yeah. uh, in the mid part of the season, but you can't I expect, trust Pike. Yeah, no, 100%. You can't expect guys to come in immediately, especially when you have a nine man rotation pretty much set already. Like, what, what do you want? A 14 man rotation? Like, yeah. And they didn't have the non conference games or anything like that. So, yeah, that, that also hurts. And that's where those guys you'll probably see a lot of them playing. But it, it is what it is. Like, like I said, um, the only guy I do see coming in this year and contributing immediately is Jalen Miller. I, I've posted on the boards yeah. about this kid for over a year ever since he committed he's he's good he's really good mm-hmm. good handles can drive can kick can even shoot the three pretty well but uh his i think his best trait is probably his defense which is yeah. again back to pike pike loves uh, that's defense. a pike recruit right there yep no yeah. doubt yep. so he, he's going to contribute from day one but this this team yeah, i like that team again this team's going to have a good year yeah i i think what you were saying about jalen uh jones or Jaden jones i'm sorry is mm-hmm. also kind of like the He's almost like the ace in the hole this year. I think I agree that he's going to make a huge impact on the scoring of this team. He's massive. He can shoot. Like oh, he's I, a I, guy was talking, that, I was talking about Jalen Miller. Oh, no. So 
I yeah, think it was either you or somebody else was talking about. No, being no, no. Like I've, super I've, high I've, on I've hyped up Jones. Jones too. I think Jones is a top <laughs> three scorer. Yeah, he hyped them both up. Yeah. I hype them. Yeah, I hype them both up. But I get them confused all the time. It's but yeah. Jalen Miller is yeah. going to be a contributor. Jaden Jones will be a top. Mark it down. Top three scorer on this team by the end of the season. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think he truly brings like a unique piece to this offense that Pike hasn't had before with his length and with his ability to shoot. Like, fits right in. Blue House is 6'8", can dribble like that, can dunk like that, and can shoot like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, gonna be there's not many out there. Yeah. But back, so, back, we got to get back to football, man. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate <laughs> you going into all this. Uh, let's, let's preview the Michigan game. So Michigan, they're ranked number 19 in the country. They're 3-0. They've dismantled their first three opponents, including a Power 5 team in Washington, who's kind of having a down year. Mm-hmm. But they've been dominant. Uh, they're the number one rushing team in the country. They've got PFF's number one ranked running back. Why don't you guys talk a little bit about what they do well, what they could possibly be exploited on? Let's talk sure. about Michigan. Yeah. Oh, so, um, you know, I, yeah, like you said, they lead the nation with, uh, you know, 350 rushing yards per game. Uh, Blake Corum has seven touchdowns. They also have Hassan Haskins, who ran for over 100 yards against Rutgers last year. Um, I talked to Mike Tverdov yesterday about that. And, um, you know, they know they have two really dynamic backs, as they as they call them. Um, you know, they're going to have the work cut out for them. You know, Rutgers' weakness, I guess you could say, is the run is the run defense. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But it seems like they're also excited. And, uh, you know, they'll get up for the matchup. Um, so, yeah. And also last year, you know, the, the quarterback, Cade McNamara, um, he threw for, like, I think it was 260 yards against Rutgers um, off the bench. Uh, he didn't start, uh, but he still threw yeah, that four was touchdowns. Yeah, that was by far his Rutgers. career best game was yeah. against us. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think Rutgers had, like, a big lead in the first half, and he came in and, you know, led them to the triple overtime win, which I think, you know, obviously Rutgers let that game slip away from it, uh, from, from them. But, um, yeah, you know, they lean on the run game this year. Um, it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, like, Rutgers, you know, started throwing the ball, you know, deep down the field against Delaware if Michigan, you know, try to surprise, you know, Rutgers the same way, um, especially with, you know, Max Milton out. So um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see. They have really, you know, they have obviously a really good running game. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I mean, Michigan's back. Michigan's back. They, you know, they seems, it, it seems like, you know, Michigan, you know, everybody in the program is, is really high on the, on the team this year. And, um, you know, this might be kind of like a bold, a bold statement, but I think Rutgers, is going to have the most trouble with Michigan than Ohio State um, just because of, you know, their styles and, you know, what Michigan does so well. And Ohio State's been kind of up and down a little bit this year. Obviously, they're so super talented. Um, but it's just the run game, you know, I think makes a difference. Put I'm it saying like, the same thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I think being on the road, playing this team that yeah. matches up really well against us, we're, we kind of need to thread the needle to beat them, honestly, because we're going to need big plays. Like, they're pretty exploitable with big plays. They had they allowed four 20 plus yard receptions to Western Michigan. They allowed nine 40, 15 plus yard receptions against uh, Washington. Basically, what we need is like an explosive play or two in the kicking game. We need long passes. We need to put them in a position where they need to throw because Cade McNamara, he's played well this year, but he's only mm-hmm. had to throw 37 times. Yep. He's only made like four starts in his career. He's still pretty green. So if we put them in a hole early and make them pass, that's really our only chance. Because if they get up 7, 14 or whatever in the first quarter and they can just run against us, they're going to wear us down. We have yeah. no chance. And it, 
and it goes back to the, to the turnovers that I mentioned earlier. You know, the 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 defense has to you know cause turnovers, and Rutgers can't turn the ball over themselves. Um, you know, also in in terms of penalties, Rutgers is basically at the top of the country with you know almost the least amount of you know penalties in the country, uh, which is also a good thing. You know, they're not shooting themselves in the foot, uh, which has also allowed them to be you know three and zero, and then and and Rutgers need to keep that going against Michigan too. Yeah, I think you guys hit on just about everything. The we I know we saw like an early glimpse of Rutgers rush defense against three, maybe I'll, I'll say it. There's three shit teams to be honest, but um, <laughs> it's hard to judge because they've only given up like 113 yards per average per game on rushing yards. Um, last year, this is this is a team that gave over 204 rushing yards per game. You're going against easily the best rushing attack in the country and Corum and Has- Hoskins, Haskins, Haskins. Haskins yeah, yeah. Um, they average 7.2 carry- yards per carry as a team. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a scary thought because if this rush defense is not good, then it's like, you're done. You're done. They're going to control the tempo of the game. And then yep. that's game over. That's yeah. why, like, I hate to say it, but that spread that's actually was at 19, it's at 20 now mm-hmm. um, in favor of Michigan. I I'd probably take Michigan and probably take the points just because it's, it's such a yeah. good matchup for Michigan. For sure. And, and like obviously said, they recruit well on the offensive line and those guys are big and, and talented. And, you know, if you have a good, a good line, you know, Rutgers, Rutgers has good starters on the, on the D line, but once you get, you know, they're not as like, they're not there to compete yet in terms of depth. So that'd be interesting. Yeah. Oh, that, that's not forget Michigan's defense is really, really yeah. good. And they're led yeah, by yeah. Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end slash tackles slash other end. Cause they move them right. around all the time is going to cause havoc for an offensive line that it's still not complete pretty much. Cause we've seen three different combos of tackles in three different games against, like I said, shit teams. So it's like, yeah, that's gotta be the number one focus game planning is finding a way to contain him because he's got three and a half of their five sacks. Like he's ranked like the number one edge defender in the FBS yeah. on PFF. Like he's a monster. He's gonna be a first round pick. If you yeah. let him get into the backfield multiple times, you're gonna, it's gonna be a long day. And I don't, yeah. I don't know. I think if you're Michigan, you kind of just alternate and say like, all right, who's struggling today? Is it Bordner? Is it O'Neal? Right. Or is it Pierce? And you kind of just pick and choose and be like, all right, Bordner just struggled, throw it at him. Mm-hmm. All right, go back to the other side and go mess with Pierce a little bit. So yeah. I, I don't know. And then yeah, they put him on the interior at times too. So it's like, go, go mess around with Pallion or Sutton or someone. <laughs> like, geez. I mean, Cedrice Pallion has been, I think, I think he's, he's Rutgers, you know, top rated lineman right now. Yeah, it's um, but like, or Sutton, yeah, one of those two guys. So they've played well. Um, but you know, Holland Pierce is he was a walk-on last year. Um, you know, he's only started to complete in a couple of games. He's he's raw, he's hasn't played a lot. So I could see Michigan attacking him. Um, but I could see also Border maybe starting I right tackle share and putting it back O'Neal. Um, just because you know they have more experience and maybe that might help a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's you know, I you know, someone asked Noah Vedral about about Hutchinson yesterday and how he moves around and you know, they have to make sure, you know, they know where he is on every play. So um, it would be interesting to see what they do. He's he's, he's a heck of a player. Uh, yeah, I, I got nothing else to say. I think Michigan is just a <laughs> hell of a team yeah. this year, and there's nothing yeah. else. The defense yeah. is top I, 10 in points per game, opposing points per game. Offense is top 10 in points per game. I, mean, I think number three, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not a good matchup. For sure. Definitely. Uh, I think one of the more – disheartening things against the Delaware run game. We did miss a lot of tackles and yes. that cannot happen against Michigan. If we're missing tackles, the game's over in the first quarter. Like mm-hmm. we need to be sound and it sucks that we lose one of our best tacklers in the secondary and Max Milton kind of coming back to that because they mm-hmm. get to the second level. He was a guy you could kind of count on there. 
Yeah. I, I have I have an article coming out about about the run defense again. I talked to Avery Young about about the secondary, you know, coming in and making tackles at the line scrimmage. So, you know, he he and the he and the rest of the defensive backs understand that, you know, they have a job to do. They have to fit in holes and whatnot and help out in the run game. So, yeah, like I said, it'll be interesting. You know, Michigan's run run game is really strong. So, the the only interesting part, and I don't know how much you guys like to use or swear by PFF. I I like it quite a bit, but I, I really like PFF. Kasson Abrams, mm-hmm. the top tackler great on the team right now so it's like hey if he could fill in it's like he's been excellent man like he's mm-hmm. probably the unsung hero of our defense like michiano just does so many like awesome things with defensive backs like all of those guys have gotten so much better yeah. Izian, uh, avery young i did not Abraham. think Izian would be this good Izian. i didn't either he's been fantastic yeah that's it's phenomenal but uh, also looking at coverage grades, Max Melton, number one, Kishon Abram, number two. So it's like mm-hmm. he could step yeah. up. He's not a friend. Shiano said it on Monday. He'll, he might not have the size, but he'll fight tooth and nail for that ball. So I mean, Absolutely. And Abraham hasn't played, you know, the amount of snaps as other guys have played. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm not sure if, if Patrice Renee will be able to play in this game, but. Yeah. But yeah, who knows? Yeah. But what else we got? So I think we have a guest Ooh, for this we do. podcast. Let's try to add um, him real quick. Right, give me one second. Got, you him, might but... all be very uh, familiar with if you've been following Rutgers for the last 10 years. Yep. He's played uh, from 2014 to 2018, I believe it was. Uh, a little mm-hmm. bit of a fan favorite. So Oh, easily. Backup quarterback's <laughs> always a fan favorite. <laughs> well, he was and, a starter, too. Let's give him a little more respect. He actually shouldn't have been the backup. So, uh, I mean, uh, I have a, I figured I was going to try and match him that about that. Man, he could, he could have fit in so well with this team, too, with how they run their offense. And and mm-hmm. it kind of, like, uh, brings in a little, like, uh, Michigan-type Rutgers-type thing a little bit, sort of, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. if he joins anytime soon. <laughs> I hope you guys have all guessed who this guy is at this point. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I sent it to him. Wait a minute. I don't think you're ready yet. But either way, that's a going back to this Michigan team. It's it's going to be interesting. Or I guess going back to the Rutgers defense, even it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, combat this rushing attack. Like I'm looking right now, the highest rushing grade or rushing defense grade is Toure, Ahana, too Young, and then Battle. Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe you see more Battle out there. Who maybe you'll mm-hmm. see more Drew Singleton, like we mentioned uh, on the boards. You probably can't do your nickel defense that you always. No, run. I think I think they're gonna go four three with especially uh, losing cornerback. Like, yeah, uh, is actually our highest rated player on PFF. He's like the thirtieth ranked uh, oh, defensive yeah, tackle, and, and I think that's kind of buoyed from his performance at Syracuse, where mm-hmm. he just had like three or four splash plays, especially Absolutely. that one uh, sack strip fumble he had. Yeah, dominated absolute like big time. Yep. Battles the number two ranked, which I just noticed. Wow, that's 18 snaps. I mean, oh, there's the picture and everything. <laughs> Gio. Gio, what's going on, Gio? What's going on, man? Thanks for hopping on, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you, we're recording already. Okay, great. Hey. <laughs> yeah, we have joining with us uh, Gio Signo, former Rutgers uh, starting quarterback. Uh, how's it going, man? It's going well. It's going really well. How are you guys? Yeah, can't complain. Is it yeah, is it Rasigno? I always thought it was Rasigno. Rasigno, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, do, I do know. I'm good. Damn, sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I messed that oh, up. No worries. Gio, what have you been up to? 
So I've actually been out in Europe playing football um, this whole year. So I started uh, in Italy in February, and then I went to Germany in the summer, and we are finishing our season here in the next couple of weeks. So I've been out here grinding out here. It's been a good experience. So I'm enjoying doing that, which has been a good time. So it's been fun. Damn. What team oh, What team do you play for? And, you know, how's the season going? Yeah, so team called Potsdam Royals just outside of Berlin in Germany. Uh, we have the semi semifinals on Saturday, um, so that should be a pretty good game. And then hopefully we make it to the finals, and that should be should should be pretty cool. So we'll see. Yeah. Damn. Do you, awesome. you What's the football what? culture like in Europe? I know they used to have the NFL Europe in mostly Germany. Yeah. Is it still pretty pretty thriving over there? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, Germany a little bit more than Italy, um, definitely. Um, you know, we have a lot of fans of the game. We have like 2,000, 3,000 fans of the game, which is pretty cool. Um, and they're loud and, you know, they love football out here, which is great. And the competition is pretty good. Uh, we have some good players out here. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Who wants to take it away? So, I guess, you know, you know, going back uh, to your time as a recruit, you know, obviously you went to Rutgers. Uh, you know, what was that recruiting process like? And, uh, yeah, just just what was that like for you? Yeah. Man, the recruiting process was crazy for me because I went on an official visit two weeks before signing day, and I had no offers at the time. So, I was like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? Because I, I, I didn't know where I was going to go to school. And obviously I was, you know, I was kind of waiting for that, you know, division one offer. Cause at that time, like going D one was like the only thing we cared about was going D one, going D one. So I went to Rutgers two weeks before signing day. And I remember there was another quarterback there. So I was like, Oh man, you know, it's me and another quarterback. And we were kind of doing, you know, going through the whole official visits and going, you know, whatever we had to do throughout the week. And then, you know, it was a great time. I really enjoyed it, obviously. And then it was the Sunday, the last Sunday that I was there. You know, I was called in the Coach Flood's office, and then he offered me a scholarship, and I committed on the spot. So it was kind of, you know, quick like that, two weeks before signing day. And then it kind of just happened to be, you know, a good thing for me, a good thing for my family. And it just, you know, obviously, you guys know I enjoyed my time there a lot. And, uh, yeah, it's just crazy how that kind of went with two weeks before signing day. So it was pretty cool. So, so Gio, you played for both Chris Ash and uh, Kyle Flood. I can't even talk to you. Yep. Um, you what, what, just talk a little bit about that. And um, obviously, like well, I guess under both coaching staffs, you were the backup at the beginning of the season and all of a sudden starter, backup starter, backup starter. And it's like, <laughs> how crazy was that whole process? Yeah, so playing for Coach Flood was great. You know, obviously, he's a great guy. He's a great football coach. And I'm so happy that he's doing well now. And, you know, at Texas, it's awesome to see. Mm. Um, I wish I had more time, you know, to be with him and under his staff because I really never got to play under him because uh, after my sophomore year, obviously, you know, he we had the coaching change. So I wasn't able to play for Coach Flood. So, you know, I wish I kind of had the opportunity. But at the time, I was so young and so immature, like even looking back on it, I wish, you know, yeah, everyone, you know, wishes they can go back and do things different and just the way I approach things. But at the time, I was 18, 19 years old. So it was kind of tough. And then I felt like as Coach Ash came, I was, you know, I was getting more mature. I was understanding how to put an extra work, how to watch film, you know, kind of just how to attack playing college football at a high level. So I think, you know, as the coaching change happened and then, you know, a big part for me was, you know, the weight room, like, you know, having Coach Parker come in was a huge thing. And I think a lot of guys can say the same thing that spent time with him is he was a big asset for a lot of us and being in the weight room was a big thing for me. So like, you know, with the coaching staff changes, it was, it was, you know, good and bad for both. I mean, obviously you don't want to have coaching changes. And for me at the quarterback position, specifically having five offensive coordinators is not fun. Like it's just not fun. 
<laughs> it just sucks, you know, having to learn a new offense every single um, every single season. So, you know, that's why I'm kind of happy about the situation now with the guys there. I mean, they don't have to have, learn a new offense this year. It was, the, you know, it's the same offense from last year. And that's great for a quarterback. Like, that's awesome. So I'm jealous of that fact for sure. Um, yeah, but back to the playing thing, just, you know, it just it happened to be, you know, I had to have patience and I had to wait my turn and I just had to stay ready. And just kind of, you know, how how I carried myself was just, you know, I just wait for my turn and just play ball. So yeah. All right, real, real quick, based off of that comment you made before, who's your favorite out of the five? Who's my favorite out of the five? Out of the five OCs, who was the best one? <laughs> Well, I, I started off pretty good with uh, Ralph Friesian. He was he was interesting oh, yeah, for sure. He was interesting. And uh, I wish I had more time with him because, like, he was just a true football coach. Like, mm-hmm. I just remember so specifically, uh, like, having meetings with him and just how he was in the meeting room was just really cool. So I wish I had more time with him. But, you know, they, they all they all were great. And then, obviously, next year, Coach McDaniels did a really good job. He's a really smart, really smart coach. Mm-hmm. And you know, I kind of wish I had more time with all of them at the same time. Um, but, you know, I really – Coach Keel was a great guy. Coach Keel was an awesome guy to be around. I enjoyed I enjoyed being around him, being in the meetings with him, and even Coach Marringer because Coach, Coach Marringer was a young OC. So, like, we obviously got along really well just because he was a lot younger. You know, he was in his late 20s when he was an offensive coordinator in the Big Ten. Like, that's crazy. So, you know, he was great to be around. And, obviously, Coach McNulty my last season, he, he was great too. And, um so it's kind of tough because you like all of them and you only get like a year with them. And then, so, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Crazy. Chris. Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, on this, on this, on this podcast, on this video, we were, you know, we're kind of previewing Michigan, uh, yeah. you know, your, your redshirt freshman season, or your, or your redshirt year in 2014, uh, you know, Rutgers first year in the big 10, they're playing Michigan. It was a blackout and they got the, you know, and they got the win, uh, you know, yep. just, you know, thinking back, you know, what was the atmosphere like? What was that game like for you watching it? Yeah, that's, um, that's a great memory I have. At the time we weren't, the red shirts weren't dressing. And I know there, I know Coach Chiano's doing the same thing with them now. I saw that. So mm-hmm. back then, yeah, we weren't, we weren't dressed. So I was just in a jumpsuit on the side. And I just remember the atmosphere was awesome. Um, it was a great game. Um, I remember Gary Nova's touchdown pass he threw when he should have got sacked. He got yeah. away from a hum- somehow. Yeah, he got away from pass. Frank Clark there. Yeah, from Frank Clark. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And that, that was a great – that was awesome. And then, obviously, I mean, the block field goal, I mean, we all remember that. I mean, that's – it's a great game. It's one of my, you know, good memories from that year. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that was the last time we went to a bowl and also the last time that there was yeah. a, uh, a field storming at Rutgers. So – Is it the last time? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. It's been a while. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we're going to have some more coming up soon, though. I feel it, too. About this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you still watch so, college? You still watch Rutgers at all, Gio? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. I feel like, you know, I just – I got to watch. It's like my team now, you know. It's it's like one of my – you know, like I'm a big Titans fan. Like I watch the Titans like I watch Rutgers now. Like I just, uh, you know, kind of I got to watch the game. I got to watch the game, and I'm cheering like I'm on the sidelines still. So it's, you know, still part of me. And it's crazy because I feel like I was just there yesterday, but at the same time, it's already been, I mean, three years now. It's kind of crazy. So time's flying by, but I still feel like I was just there yesterday. How'd you become a Titans fan? I was born in Nashville. Oh, cool. So that's really? the only thing that stuck with oh. me was the Titans. Everything else, you know, <laughs> Detroit. But yeah, Titans stuck with me. So I'm a big Titans fan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so when, was, got... the last, uh, when was the last time you were on campus? Was it, you know, when you graduated, Joe? Last time... I was or, or at was, the game or anything. 
Yeah, I went to the Boston College game 2019. Okay. Um, I was there. That was my last game I've been to. Well, actually, that's not true. I went to the Michigan State in Michigan State last year, the, the, the opener for the COVID season. I was at that game. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was a cool game to go to, especially – you know, because it was in Shiano era, so everyone's all hyped up, and then we happened mm-hmm. to kick their, you know, kick their butt and like <laughs> crazy turnovers. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, I tried. I'm. I wish I was able to go this weekend. Obviously, did the game this weekend, but I'm still out here. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so Who are some of the guys you played with that you still keep in touch with? Um, you know, a good amount of guys I still keep in touch with. Though. You know, I, you know, obviously through Twitter and Instagram makes it easier. Just kind of keeping in touch with guys like, you know, Rob Martin, Zach Heeman, Marcus Applefield, like a lot of those guys that we still talk. And, um, you know, I made, I made great relationships when I was at, when I was at RU. So it's cool to keep in touch with those guys still. And, um, yeah, so a lot of guys I still keep in touch with. Give me a crazy story, either practice or game or even off the field. Give me a crazy story about your experience at Rutgers. There's got to be something. Uh, yeah, there. I mean, there's a lot. It's just I feel like my memory nowadays is just going downhill. I don't know if it's playing football too long or not. But uh, Playing behind that offensive yeah. line. Yeah, well, one thing I can say, when we first got to Rutgers, we had Jeremy Cole as our, uh, as our strength coach. And, yeah. my gosh, as a freshman coming in, like we have no idea what's going on. We got – absolutely killed in the weight room by coach Cole. Okay. You wouldn't let us listen to music. He wouldn't, he would, he, it was, it was just crazy. So like, as a freshman coming in, you're like, Holy crap, like this is crazy. And it was 6am lifts and we're all just like, we don't want to go to these 6am lifts, you know? So it was, those were some crazy times. And, and, you know, my first couple of years there, just because you're just not used to playing at that level and being in the weight room and having that energy. So like, you know, having coach Cole as a strength coach was, was pretty cool at the time, but like, it's looking back on it, like some of the stuff we did, was just wild as freshmen, just like what we were put through and stuff. But I guess it's all, you know, for, for the better, but yeah, I'm sure I have a lot more stories. Just, you know, I just stopped the thing on the spot to be honest. I hear you. What was your uh, – did you have, like, a go-to, you know, restaurant or, or meal that you always like to get get around? I'm a, I'm a big wing guy. Like, I love wings. So, Wings Over Rutgers, like, had my order down, like, without even me placing the order. They knew. So, yeah. Me and Zach Allen, too. Zach Allen, the quarterback, he – yeah, we – you know, he's a big wing guy, too. So, we were wings over all the time. Yeah, wings over is my spot. And, obviously, Hansel. I mean, we can't go wrong with that either. Damn, everyone says Hansel. Yeah. Where was your favorite, favorite. Uh, place to go out, like – bar club i'm gonna be with. honest with you guys i wasn't i wasn't a big going out guy i wasn't oh, a big yeah, going out God. guy so starting I quarterback girl, i met i know and all I the girls like i met my girlfriend before <laughs> i met my girlfriend and myself for a year so i wasn't wow. even playing at the time and then when i started playing i was just kind of locked into playing and i didn't really end up going out too much and obviously when i was a freshman i wasn't old enough to go to the bars so i mean oh uh, yeah you know no such thing as underage drinking no. no such thing. Oh, that's that's bad. 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 Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't really go out guys. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, but um, you know, it was just more of like hanging out with the guys or, you know, hanging out at the house or stuff like that. So, yeah. Nice. Cool. So go on. Good. Oh God. You tell you. Good. All right. So obviously you're, you're from Michigan. Go blue yeah. or. Hell no. I, I, hey, I know you're Rutgers no, alone, but I'm trying to it. figure out you had to grow so up growing- in one of them. So growing up, I preferred Michigan State over Michigan. Like Ooh. we used to do recess. Recess was a big thing. Like Michigan State fans versus Michigan. And I was always on the Michigan State side. <laughs> Never liked nice. Michigan just because 
it's like you, you know, and like fans. two others and then like 40 or like... <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah the michigan fans definitely outweigh the michigan state fans but like you know back home it's just like being Mi- michigan fans like growing up if you're not a michigan fan like you know there's a lot of there's a lot of them and there's a lot of mm-hmm. you know what we like to call walmart wolverines is like walmart wolverines. <laughs> that's a big term we use back home walmart wolverines and they got the they got the michigan gear and stuff like that so I was never really for Michigan, so I was more for Michigan State, but obviously as I got older, um, stuff like that. But I was a Vols fan. I was a Vols fan. So the kind of the Tennessee Vols and the Titans, like I wanted to go to the I wanted to go to Tennessee so bad growing up. I was the biggest fan, but obviously hmm. once I got to college, like that kind of died once I, you know, I went to RU. But mm-hmm. yeah, not we don't like Michigan. I don't like Michigan at least. <laughs> so so was it like a big culture shock going from Michigan to New Jersey? Um, not really. So the crazy thing is when my dad came over from Italy, when he was young, when he moved from Italy, uh, to America, he lived that. in Jersey for four years, he lived right in Jersey right. city for four years. So huh. we used to come out here all the time to visit my, uh, his aunt. So we used to come out here for vacation or just to hang out to visit his aunt. So I was familiar with New Jersey, familiar with the New York area. So that's kind of why, you know, it kind of worked out like that. Why, like I said, my family was happy with me coming out there and so it's kind of crazy how that worked out, but uh, yeah, there wasn't too much of a culture shock, even even though it is much different than Michigan. It's much much different. Um, so yeah, it wasn't necessarily crazy for me. Nice. Yeah. What do you guys got anything else before we uh, indulge into these uh, these games? This game? No, I'm all I'm all good. I'm all set. It's all right. So, so I mean, Mike, take it away. So we're gonna do a little bit of a prediction portion of this. Uh, <clears throat> First, we're going to go around the Big Ten. Then we're going to hit up with Rutgers. So the first game in the Big Ten this weekend is Villanova at number six, Penn State. Uh, Penn State's a 29.5-point favorite there. I think Michigan, or I think Penn State wins this one pretty easily. Um, I don't think there's going to be much discourse on this one, but what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, they're coming off of a nice win over Auburn last week. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go Penn State. Obviously, you know, Villanova's FCS, so I'll go Penn State. It's all you, Gio. Yeah, I'll take the Pennsylvania team too. I mean, they play good versus Auburn. They have a good quarterback. I like their quarterback. I think he's a good player. Um, yeah, definitely take definitely take hey, him this week for before sure. Before we move on, Gio. Um, so I know I know you mentioned, you know, the Pennsylvania team. When, yeah. when, when, when Coach Flood started started doing that, you know, it was you know, what'd you think about that? No, I just think it's all fun. I mean, it just adds to the experience. Like everyone loves Penn State Week, obviously. Like we as fans love it, and as Call players it love it. So like, you say yeah, it's a rivalry. You know, yeah, it's, I don't mind saying it's a rivalry. I know they don't like to say it. Like they don't think it's a rivalry, but I mean, you know, we played there in 2015. They had the whiteout game for us for 2015. It was a night game. Like you know, we have we have some you know good games versus them, even though we haven't had too much success the past couple of years. But like, I mean, that's a it's a big game for both sides. I think so. Yeah, I think it was pretty cool. I still can't believe we lost that game in 2014 to them. That was also your freshman or well, year. Yeah, the fact that Gary threw five interceptions, I think, if I remember correctly, that game yeah. he still almost we lost won. by three. We lost by three. And he still almost yeah. won. That's crazy. Yeah, it was, was that Bill game. Belton touchdown with like two minutes left that ended up yeah. uh, putting them ahead? Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, Penn State easily, no doubt in my mind. Good quarterback play, good running back play, good defense, uh, but. I'm going to, I'm going to take um, Villanova with the points. I mean, 29 and a half Villanova blew out Lehigh 47, three blew out Bucknell 55, three. It's I, I like the points there for Nova and the little Pens- Pennsylvania little uh, rivalry they got going on. I mean, screw it. Yep. Why not? They're yeah. They're another good FPS team. 
Uh, the next game is Notre Dame playing against Wisconsin. I believe this one takes place at uh, like Wrigley Field or something. It's definitely not. It's yeah. either that or Soldier Field. One of those. Uh, let me double check. But either, uh, yeah, Soldier we, Field. Yeah, they're playing at Soldier Field. Uh, Wisconsin's the five and a half point favorite. I think Wisconsin's pretty underrated, and I think Vegas kind of agrees. Uh, so I'm going to take Wisconsin with the points here. I think they ended up overwhelming Notre Dame. Notre Dame hasn't really had a tough schedule so far. I don't know anything about spreads, or I'm not gonna, I'm not picking with spread against spread, but um, I'll go I'll go Wisconsin. Like you said, I think they're underrated, and uh, I just can't pick I I can't pick Notre Dame. So, <laughs> Gio, so I'm telling you, you're third. We're making this list. It's um, Mike, Chris, and you. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I think Notre Dame. I mean, they had you know the close game versus Toledo. Um, so, you know, I think the quarterback, he's not bad. You know, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't think he's the, you know, the best quarterback in the nation. So, and I think Wisconsin, kind of like you said before, was, you know, kind of a little underrated right now. So I definitely, gonna, I'm going to take Wisconsin as well. I think they're a good team. I think, um, I think it's going to be a good game, though. I do think it's going to be a good game. So five, five points is it's tough for me to pick on either side. I'm going Notre Dame. Uh, Jack Cohn, oh, wow. eight, eight touchdowns already, yeah. two interceptions. Graham yeah, Merritt, yeah, yeah. zero touchdowns. The hype behind him is too much, I think. And uh, I really like Jack Cohn, New York uh, native. So I've talked to him in the past as a recruit. Nice, really nice kid. So I'm going, I'm going to Dame. That's against his former team. Maybe he has some extra juice for that. That's too. true. That is Jack true. Cohn also right. almost uh, Rutgers quarterback. Yeah, very close. Very, oh, really? very close. If it wasn't for uh, really? Brian Kelly and crew, and maybe John McNulty <laughs> had a little say in that one. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So the next game is Minnesota is uh, hosting Bowling Green, the 31 and a half point favorites. I yeah. think Miss, uh, Minnesota kind of rolls in this one. They're playing a team that's severely undermatched them. I also think Minnesota is kind of underrated, too. They played a couple tough games this year. Uh, opening against Ohio State kind of sucks. Uh, and they caught them at a bad time of the year. So that's my pick. My pick. Yep. I'll go, I'll go Minnesota as well. Um, they played tough with Ohio State. They rolled over their last opponent. I'm blanking. I watched a little bit of it, but I can't think of it. Uh, but I'll go. I'll go Minnesota. Yeah, me too. I'll take Minnesota too. I mean, it's pretty. Should be a pretty easy game for them, so they can get going into the Big Ten pretty well. Yeah, Minnesota PJ Flex offense is ridiculous. Tracing Potts is really nice at running back. Um, both defenses suck, but Bowling Green sucks more. So, <laughs> have those rumors died down a flick? In USC, because I uh, saw no comment, no comment. It's, it's either Fleck, or it's Franklin one day. It's uh, who's the other one? Luke yeah. Fickle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I think Fickle. I think I think yeah. Fleck's got the personality for LA. So does Franklin. I think Fickle would be. I think he'd kind of be like a Clay Helton like personality. So I know the Cincinnati former Cincinnati AD is also the AD of USC now. So this connection there. Fickle's a much better coach than Helton, but he's not. A rah rah type guy like Fleck and uh, Franklin are. Yeah, but those are those two are like rah rah because they're great recruiters. I feel like yeah. you don't really. It's USC. It sells itself. You don't really. I can walk into any yeah. LA school as the head coach of USC, and I'm getting a commit. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, talking out of my ass. <laughs> I don't disagree, but I think that typically when like a new coach is brought in, it's like the op- It's like when you break up with your girlfriend, the next girl is like completely opposite. It seems so to be that way for coaches time. too. Yeah, <laughs> always, always. Uh, so the next game is Ohio at Northwestern. Somehow Northwestern's a 15 and a half point favorite here. I think they're arguably the worst team in the Big Ten this year. Uh, Ohio hung, like, I think Ohio played against uh, Penn State earlier this year. Or no, uh, Syracuse. Sorry, yes, Syracuse. they lost. 
I was thinking there was connection there. I'm going to take Ohio with the points, but I think Northwestern ekes this one out. Yeah. I'll say, I'll say Northwestern uh, wins. They came back a little bit against Duke, against Duke last week. Um, Ohio's 0-3. They lost to, you know, a bunch of teams already, obviously. Uh, but I'll, I'll, take, I'll take Northwestern. Yeah, same for me. I'll take Northwestern, too, even though they've been, you know, been struggling and they don't look as well. I still don't take them over a while for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, Northwestern, and I'm, I take the points, too. Both def- like Ohio's given up 436 yards per game. That's, that's awful. <laughs> But then again, North, <laughs> Northwestern's given up 412. So it's like, what? It's the battle of, again, battle of the shit defenses, and then you just kind of pick one, and one's yeah, going to survive. I'll, I'll give the edge to the coaching at, at Northwestern. Yeah, Fitzgerald's pretty good. Yeah. Next game is Colorado State at number five, Iowa. Iowa's a 23-and-a-half-point favorite here. Uh, I think Iowa might be a little bit of fool's gold. They're pretty good. Uh, don't get me wrong. But I think they haven't really played anyone outside of Iowa State this year so far. So I'll take Iowa, but I think they're going to be on upset alert all year. Yeah, I'll take Iowa as well. Um, I know I said I wasn't going to pick with the spread or against the spread, but I'll take Iowa to win the game, but Colorado State to cover. I think Iowa at number five is a little too high for me. Um, I think they're a great team, though. You know, the the Iowa State game was – you know, obviously they made some great plays on defense for STEM and, and they kind of controlled the game after that. But I think they are a little overrated right now, but I still will have them to win this week for sure. Man, a lot of Iowa hate in this uh, this chat here. I mean, <laughs> they haven't really scored. The offense isn't really uh, No, I, I agree with you. But, I mean, their defense yeah. is pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, but we, we're talking about Steve Adazio, almost Rutgers head coach Steve Adazio at Colorado State. There was a chance. I'm taking the points with Colorado State, but Iowa obviously is going to roll. Yeah. Uh, the next game is our first Big Ten tilt of the of the, uh, the week. It's Illinois at Purdue. Purdue's an 11.5-point favorite. I think Illinois is fighting for the bottom of the league with Northwestern. I think Purdue stomps them in, honestly. Uh, that's all I got to say about this one. Yeah, uh, I'll go. I'll go Illinois with this one. Um, you know, we'll see. I know. Oh, straight up. Right. Maybe. Okay. Uh, maybe you know. Maybe Artsakashi, you know, comes off the bench again and uh, leads leads the line night to the win. Be, hey, listen. If that happens, I'd be. I'd be. I'd be great to see that. <laughs> I, um, I've been watching their games religiously because Art's one of my guys. Like I love him. We still talk, and uh, so I, I. I obviously hope they do well. Um, but I think they've been, you know, kind of all over the place to start the year. You know, it's been tough, obviously. I mean, you know, having Art not start the year and then having him come in and then kind of everything just looks like it's kind of chaos right now. So I think they need to settle in. Maybe this week will will be that, but I still think they might fall a little bit short. So we'll see. I, this is a tough one. I mean, if we're going, this might be points again. Like if you're going to go underdog, you're going to go take the points. But overall, Purdue's offense is really, really good. David Bell's a hell of yep. a receiver. But if you, if you look at the stats, like Artsikowski is clearly outplaying Brandon Peters. I know it was if Brandon Peters missed two games or two and a half, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But to put up six touchdowns, one interception, and what was it, two twenty yards in one game, two sixty in another. Mm-hmm. Art looks Art looks decent. Like if you want to win games, I'm I'm thinking you might have to go Art over Peters. But either way, yeah, uh, Purdue wins, but Illinois probably points. Next game is uh, Kent State at Maryland. Maryland's a fourteen and a half point favorite. Maryland, they have a ton of talent. They might have found their quarterback. I think uh, Talia is like the number two rated quarterback on PFF. That's the first time anyone's ever called him Talia in front of me. It's always to his brother. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say to his brother, but yeah, he <sighs> never knew how they're to just like. 
they're just so undisciplined, but they have so much talent. I think they're probably better than they're going to be playing this year, if that makes sense. I think they'll they'll cover against Kent State. I'm going to pick Maryland, but I think they're a team that we could exploit again because they are so undisciplined when we play them later in the year. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Yep, uh, I'll go Maryland as well. Uh, like you say, you know, when Rutgers plays them, you know, later in the season, it's it's always it's going to be a toss up game. Uh, Rutgers is going to need that uh, for you know to possibly reach a bowl game down the line. But uh, for this one against Kent State, I'll take Maryland. Uh, but you can't take Kent State lightly. I remember uh, Kent State beat Rutgers uh, a couple years ago. So Oof. <laughs> that was the Dree Archer game. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah. I'll take um yeah I'm gonna take Maryland too. I think I think Tua's brother is a good quarterback. I think he's good. I think he has a, a tremendous amount of potential. So I'm gonna take them um, pretty easily. That that was before you, Gio, right? That Kent State game. Yeah, yeah that's 2012. Like that, that, was, was, that, was the, that was the game that we we were undefeated going yeah. into that game. Yeah, and we lost. Really. Man. Yeah, that was a uh, Gary Nover six interception game, and mm-hmm. still, and then, still and didn't they didn't take him out or anything. It was, it was, that was they didn't wild. take him out. No, they kept yeah. him in. That was that was insane. I couldn't believe. And that. then they I, kept throwing too. Like, he had to be hung over or something. Like I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Like anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. This this I mean this kind of has the Rutgers Kent State type vibes to this game just because Kent State's two losses are against number five Iowa and number six Texas A&M. So it's like they have yeah. they have a shot. So. This is another tough one, but Maryland's offense is really good. Uh, to his brother, because I don't know how to pronounce his first name, is pretty <laughs> darn good. Uh, they have three receivers in Demas, Jarrett, and Jones, who are all studs, averaging over 12 and a half, 12 and a half uh, yards per catch. So, I mean, I, I, I go Maryland, but points are interesting. I don't know if I, what if I would touch that one. This game kind of reminds me of last week, Western Michigan versus Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh has a great offense, but Western Michigan came out. And they kept scoring points and they kept scoring points. And the only reason I know this is because I had Pittsburgh and they lost me a shit ton of money and I'm pissed off. <laughs> still. Um, so they have sports books I in Germany? Still... Huh? They have sports books oh, yeah, in of Germany? Of course. Of course. Oh, nice. All right. You can't beat that. What's your go to sports yes. book app, I guess? Well, back home, it's FanDuel. Oh, gosh. I'll get yeah. the Barstool one. I, I don't mind Barstool, but for, for some reason, like when I'm looking at my my parlays I got going, FanDuel just appeases my eye a little bit more, and right, I just like I, to make I, sure. I, I don't know. I, I can get yeah, that. I understand. FanDuel's same-game parlays are way better than any of the others. Yeah, they, they are. are. They're great. Yeah, that's, that's a different one. So the next game we got is Nebraska at number 20, recent, now ranked uh, Michigan State. Michigan State's four-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. This one has like a weird stink to it for me. Uh, I don't know why that line is so low. Like Nebraska put up a, a good fight against Oklahoma, but in their other games, they didn't really look good. And that was a big rivalry game. I think Michigan State might be a little bit of smoke and mirrors too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go Michigan State, but I think it's going to be a close game. I, I don't think they cover the four and a half. I'm going to yeah. go Michigan State. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I'll take Michigan State. Um, Nebraska, I mean, I'm not sure what they are. They played well against Oklahoma. Uh, the other two games were kind of so-so. They lost to Art in Illinois in week one. Uh, Michigan State, you know they have talent, um, so we'll see. Um, but I'm going to guess. I think I know where Gio's going to go, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, well, to me, it looks like Michigan State's more on track with um, with um, Tucker this year, it looks like. I mean, at least from what I've seen so far, they obviously played good versus Miami and kind of surprised some people. Um, but like, like you said, Nebraska played good versus Oklahoma. They really did. Um, so I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I think Michigan State's still going to squeak it out, though. 
Yeah, it sounded like a homer pick, but we'll ignore that. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, this is the second game in a row where a quarterback has nine touchdowns and no interceptions, and that's Peyton Thorne of Michigan State. I, I think you easily go Michigan State. Um, they're averaging 6.8 yards per carry, too. Uh, they have good receivers. Uh, their top defensive guy, safety Xavier Henderson, has, leads the team in tackles, which is kind of crazy, but also leads them in interceptions and pass deflections. I, I think you go Michigan State, no question. And uh, Michigan State, I think, is led by a transfer running back who we were also involved with. I think his name's Kenneth Walker, right? Um, yes, Kenneth Walker. Is he there? Yeah. yeah, he is there. I didn't even know. Yeah, he's been dominating for them. Like he's just completely like light up the box yeah. score. I'm looking at that now. 493 for 57 carries, five touchdowns. I mean, how do you? And plus, Scott Frost sucks as a coach, clearly. So I mean, yeah. th- it, he's done after this year. If they keep him, I'll be for shocked. Sure. But yeah, you got Michigan State easily. Uh, so our next game is Akron at number 10, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State's a 49-point favorite in this. Like, Ohio State's look legit, like, shaky this year. In every game they played, like, last week they played Tulsa. Tulsa was winning seven points with three minutes left. I'm going to take Ohio State to win. I, I'm going to take Akron with the points, though. I don't think Ohio State beats anybody by 49 points this year. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree. I'll take, uh, I'll take Ohio State, but then I'll take Akron with the points. Um, they're still, you know, the more talented team. Um, maybe Akron gets up, you know, playing in state in state team. Uh, so, but yeah, I'll go. I'll go Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State. Obviously, I mean, they've they've looked flat the whole year. I'm not sure whether it's having a new quarterback like Shroud in there. I know he's a young, he's young too, and maybe that's the thing. But you know, maybe this might be a game for them to continue. Like this is their this is a second game in a row where they should just steamroll their opponents. Maybe this is, again, where they have a game where they can kind of keep momentum going a little bit and try to get going and maybe just blow this team out and back to the same old Ohio State that it was. But, yeah, Ohio State for sure, and I'm going to take the points. Um, There's probably only one way that this Ohio State team makes the playoffs, and you're going to have to win out and you're going to have to blow out teams, especially this Akron one. So I don't think the spread's super crazy because Akron's one and two. They kind of suck already, so – but if you like, I said Ryan Day is going to be pissed off. They should not have had that loss for Oregon. And CJ Stroud is going to come out firing. Chris Olave is going to get two touchdowns. Trayvon Henderson is going to get some nice uh, snaps. I know I like Master Teague. I don't know how I don't use him more at running back. But uh, overall, I think this this is going to be a blowout. They average like five thirty eight, five forty yards per game. Like they they should blow them out. Forty nine is yeah. a lot, but I think Vegas kind of always knows. So it's like I'd probably take the points there. Just for fun. Why not? Small bet, small bet. No big bets there. Uh, the next game, Indiana is playing at Western Kentucky. Uh, Indiana is an eight and a half point favorite. Indiana is another team that like had high, super high expectations coming in this year. They've kind of yeah. let a few people down. Um, Michael Penix might not be fully healthy. There's some questions about whether his knee was re-injured recently. Uh, I think that they still cover this, um, but what do you guys think? Um, I'll go. I'll go. Indiana's. I'll go. Indiana uh, with the points. Um, you know they still have Michael Penix Jr. Uh, Indiana um, did. You know they played pretty well against Cincinnati last last week. Um, kind of go back to the sports betting thing. I I picked uh, Indiana in the parlay, so that kind of broke broke my parlay last week. Uh, but you know we'll see. I like I like Indiana. Yeah, I'll take Indiana too. Um... Kind of like you said, Mike, like they came in this season, pretty, everyone was pretty high on him, especially Penix, the quarterback. He's had, he had a good year last year. 
Um, so for them to come out kind of how they've come out this year has kind of been a little disappointing for them, I'm sure. So maybe this is a game kind of like Ohio State where they can kind of get back on track and see if they can get going for the season. So I'll take Indiana. I so badly want to pick this upset, like really badly, because Western <laughs> Kentucky averages 530 yards of offense per game. But I can't do it after facing Army last week. That that I forget if it was uh, – who said it? There was a crazy stat out there under either the Shiano era or Flood era. Mm-hmm. Where every time uh, there was like nine games in a row, the year, the week after they play Army, the most uh, I think they were the teams were zero and nine. So it's like that that Army offense with the chop blocks and everything, it just it hurts the defense a ton. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm gonna have to go Indiana, but I I don't know by much. Like I really want to pick that upset though. That's a tough one. Intriguing, intriguing. So I got so. The last game of the week is uh, the most important game of the week. Uh, Rutgers is playing at number 19, Michigan. Uh, Michigan's uh, now 20-point favorite, right? Uh, Yeah, so this one, my heart really wants me to say something different than what I'm about to say, but I think Rutgers stays close, but Michigan pulls away and covers. Uh, I'm going to take Michigan in this one, and it really pains me to say it, but this is just not a good matchup for Rutgers. Uh, I think we're kind of going to get tossed around on both sides of the line at some point in the second half, and it's going to probably get up to like a 21-point win by Michigan. Yeah, um, I'll go I'll go Michigan with the points. I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I think the run game is just too strong. I think, you know, missing, uh, you know, potentially missing Max Melton in secondary is going to hurt as well. Um, Michigan's rolling right now. The offensive line, you know, I think is going to, uh, you know, win out against the Rutgers D line that, you know, and the Michigan defense is playing really well right now. Also, um, I think, uh, potentially this game is going to be the toughest game, uh, compared to a house gate on the schedule. Uh, so I'll go again, I go Michigan on the road against Michigan with the, against Rutgers with the points. Yeah. Um, Michigan, they have a lot of hype around them right now. Um, they have a lot of hype. A lot of fans are feeling great about their chances this year. Maybe to finally beat Ohio State, to finally have some legitimate success under Jim Hallbar. But I honestly still think they aren't as good as they've shown, aren't as good as we think they're going to be. Um, I, you know, I know it's 20 points is a lot to me. And it's, it's tough to go against RU. And like, I don't, you know, it's just not in my DNA to do that. Um, <laughs> but I still think it's going to be, I, you know, it's tough to play. It's obviously a tough environment to play in. Like the big house is intimidating to play. Um, but I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. I think we have a good team this year. I think obviously we're very well coached and, you know, being three and oh, that's got to be a pretty good vibe for a lot of these players because we haven't really had that feeling in a long time of being three and oh, going into a big game like this, so, you know, I'm not sure how guys are going to react to that. Like, is it going to give them more energy, more momentum? Are they, going to, are they really going to, you know, play up to their level now? So I think it's going to be a close game. So I'm going to take Rutgers in the points. Let's go. I, take, I could take Michigan. I could take Michigan or Rutgers, but I'm definitely taking points with Rutgers for sure. For sure. Love it. Interesting. I'm going to do the complete opposite. I'm picking, I'm picking Michigan and the points. This, this running game is ridiculous. Either it's so hard to prepare for one running back that's really good, but let alone two in Corum mm-hmm. and Haskins. They're both averaging 8.5 and 5.7 yards per carry. And then let's not forget Cade McNamara, who threw for 260 on Rutgers last year and four touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, this this offense is probably going to dominate the, in terms of the run game. And then the defense. I told you that defensive line led by Agent Hutch, Aiden Hutchinson is going to dominate a Rutgers offensive line that's still very questionable. 
Um, like I said before, they move him around, they move him around on both edges and then they put him in the interior at times. And for an offensive line that's been struggling and hasn't really decided who their left and right tackle are going to be yet. It's, it's scary to think about the guy that has three and a half sacks. And I think, uh, Mike said it before, I think he's rated number one in PFF or number two or something. Yeah. He's the number one, uh, edge rusher in the FBS. Yeah. So it's like against arguably one of the worst offensive lines in FBS, no offense, but I'm Michigan points. 35, 13, something like that. All right. That's 20, 22. All right. So, Gio, I just want to ask you one more thing. Uh, you know, I know you kind of touched on it a little bit before, um, but when when you were playing and, you know, and it was Michigan week or Ohio State week or something like that, um, when, you know, obviously you know that Ohio State or whatever is favored by a lot, you know, they more overall have more talent and whatever. And what was what was practice like, you know, knowing that it, it could it could potentially be ugly? Obviously, I know. You have, you know, you're a competitor and you think you're going to win, but, you know, just just what was that like? Well, of course, I think, you know, it's it's you're obviously you're really hyped to play those type of games. Like you're, you're really excited to go to Ohio State and play Ohio State. Um, it's just a matter of the fact that you have to get over the fact that it's Ohio State, that they're ranked number three in the country, number two in the country at the time, you know, um, so obviously that week going up to the game, it's, it's awesome. You're excited and it's just. You know, you know, it's it's just tough because you get into the game and it's Ohio State and they're and they're beasts and they're huge and you know Chase Young's lining up against you, so you're like, you know, so it's cool at the same time. But I think you know where we struggled is that is just like we we really were like, oh, it's Ohio State, it's Ohio State, it's Michigan, it's Penn State. And I think we kind of just laid down a little bit to that. Um, so, but it's it's definitely a really cool week. Thanks. Yep. Also, what was it like playing in the big house? You you, you were there a couple of times. You started a game yeah, there. I started 2017 in the big house. That was probably one of my, that's probably one of the best memories I have, like, a, you know, starting just because you know, obviously growing up in Michigan, like the big house is, you know, that's like the holy grail of football growing up. You're like, oh, the big house, 110,000 people, like, and having, being able to start there and play there in my, in my home state was one of the best football memories that I have for sure. It's pretty special to me. Gio, I got, I got a really random one for you. You played at Day with South, yeah, correct? I did. Were you part of that viral video of the guy who was like freaking out? And I got my swagger back. That was the year after. That was the year after. <laughs> yeah, I missed him, but I did know him. I do know him. I do oh, know so, him. So you He's did it off video and you would have went viral. I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a clown. That was, that was, it's so funny how that, how that went viral and they won the state championship that year too, which is pretty oh, really? cool. So the year after I left, of course. Cool. Was Shane Morris there when you were there at any point? Yep, he was there. He was there. Yeah, I backed him up for three years and then uh, started my senior year. Yeah, yeah. We went to middle school together too. So. Oh, that's nice. wild. Yeah. You, you played against him in Michigan too. That's... Played against him in Michigan. And a couple of guys in Michigan I played against from uh, from that went to high school with me too. So that's, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that week so was fun for me. You still talk to them? Talk smack heading into this weekend? Yeah, already. yeah. Yeah, I talk <laughs> to them every once in a while. They're kind of doing their own thing right now. But um, yeah, I talk to them. You shoot him a text yet saying like, hey, like you're going to lose? Well, they, you know, I, I like to come out once Rutgers wins, and then I come out and I attack. You know, like, right now I got to lay low because if <laughs> I start hyping up RU and then we end up losing, then I look bad. But if I hit them up after we win, it's just more fun for me. Okay. <laughs> that, man. Nice. All right. I, I got nothing else. We, we uh, got anything else, guys? No, this is really appreciate you coming on, Gio. Uh, yeah. I don't know what time it is there, but it's definitely a lot later than here. I uh, want to wish you luck on your in your. Uh, you got the semifinals coming up for your league. Semifinals this weekend, you said. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, good luck there. Man. Hopefully you stay safe. Uh, hopefully you win. We'll be keep, keeping a, we'll, sure. we'll post an update on the board, I guess, oh, when we get yeah. the results sure. of that. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt, yeah, man. Oh, no Come problem. Down. I appreciate that. But all, all right. right. And this has been good. episode right. one of the Night Report podcast. Uh, this is Mike and we are out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.